We're spending some time today on the development in the Homeless Hub story, the fact that the Canadian Mental Health Association has decided that they are going to remove, withdraw their proposal to operate one of the three hubs that were approved. Atlosa is going to continue, and we have beds set to open, and YOU Youth Opportunities Unlimited is going to continue. We have beds set to open, and those should open in the very near future. We're looking at December for those, but in all, it was hoped that by mid-2024, we would have 73 beds at three hub locations, and that is not going to be the case. We had a chance to sit down and talk with London Mayor Josh Morgan about this because, again, a lot of people are watching how this works. A lot of work has been put into this. Even before we get to what is presently happening, I think it's probably worth going back a little bit. Here is Mayor Morgan on how the hubs work and how they are set up, at least for the first three. They are being led by organizations at LOSA, YOU, and what would have been the Canadian Mental Health Association. Yeah, that's, that's right, Mike. Um, so the, what we did was we put out an RFP uh, for lead agencies for the hubs to operate under the parameters of what is a council-approved hubs implementation plan. And so there were, there were three um, that council approved, um, the one by Atlosa uh, with the lead, the one with YOU as the lead, and the one with CMHA as the lead. Now, the difference with the CMHA hub is it was approved in principle pending a rezoning. And so those spots were never intended to come online until about May of next year, whereas the other two hubs uh, will be open by uh, by December of this year. So, um, you know, something to note. But yes, lead agencies are the ones who are managing um, the sites, uh, the implementation process, and, and all of the work leading into the, the execution of the hub's implementation plan. In the announcement today that CMHA is not going to be able to proceed is zoning involved in that? No, I mean, zoning was something that was needed um, that they would have had to facilitate. It would have been up to them to bring forward the zoning application as the lead agency who um, who uh, was uh, submitted the RFP. Um, uh, and now, obviously, they're not going to do that. Um, but that was not a, a city-initiated zoning. It would have been initiated by the lead, as is all of the components of the implementation plan. Selection of the sites, uh, that were suggested were all were all done by the leads because um, you know in our uh, thinking we're asking for people to serve priority populations with expertise. Uh, these are tremendous organizations who have a lot of expertise and and they know best how to serve these populations. And so you know that's why you saw councils support them uh, with their proposals. Is this at all an opportunity? And we're talking with London Mayor Josh Morgan about the announcement that came earlier today that CMHA, which was going to be one of the operators of one of the hubs in the Homeless Hubs program in London, is no longer going to be able to do that. They have withdrawn services or withdrawn the RFP in this. Is it a possibility to just say, okay, we had a waiting list or we have other organizations that might be able to come on board? Yeah, so uh, we had four applicants to the RFP process. And what we need to do is close off this RFP process. Um, uh, Once you set it out, uh, there are bidders 
there is a result and they're awarded. Um, so we'll actually have a step that we'll have to do um, at a subsequent meeting to close off the RFP process at CMHA's request. Uh, from there, what happens next? We've always said, uh, you know, we'll be looking at the next phase of this, um, whether uh, whether that's an RFP process or something else. I, I can't, uh, I don't want to predetermine what that looks like. Um, but there would be nothing excluding CMHA from participating in, in a future process. And in fact, um, in their statement uh, and their comments in the media today, uh, specifically said that they're very supportive of the work that's being done, uh, and they're um, you know they're going to try to resubmit or put together a proposal in a future process with appropriate locations, you know, as soon as they possibly can. Um, they also admitted that they've got some lessons to learn from this process, um, but that they're going to do it again. And they 100% believe in the work that's being done. And I think this is a testament to the organization. And also, um, something that I've emphasized time and time again through the process is that as we go through it, we are moving quickly but we are going to adapt. And we're gonna expect those who are involved in the process like CMHA to adapt to either changing circumstances or new information. Do it quickly, uh, do it um, uh, clearly and decisively, and then move to the next step as we try to support the most marginalized on our streets. London Mayor Josh Morgan joining us. Mayor Morgan, Londoners might hear this and say, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't gonna work. We've been in touch with YOU, for instance, they plan on moving ahead with the homeless hub that they will be operating. But what do you say to Londoners who think oh, this is this is just a sign that, that this is a, another attempt that isn't going to work? Well, I think that's, you know, that's completely false. We have two hubs that are going to open with uh, excellent lead agencies uh, by December 1st. We're going to have people not living uh, on the streets, but indoors in spaces where they're getting the supports they need uh, to be successful. Uh, That's going to have a tremendous impact on their lives and an impact on the community because these individuals consume a large number of services in our community, whether it's emergency rooms, land ambulance, uh, police contacts, impacts on businesses. And so getting them into spaces where they can be properly supported uh, is really critical. Uh, with the CMHA location, it's important to remember that these C- these spots were not going to open until May of next year at the earliest. And there may be an opportunity through whatever process comes next um, that we could have spots open before then. Right. This was always a barrier on this was always the zoning. And that was going to take time through the zoning process and any sort of appeal that was going to happen. So, you know, this is an unfortunate uh, an unfortunate uh, circumstance that has happened, uh, but it's certainly not a detriment to the incredible work that's been done to put this plan together, uh, the support that everybody still has for moving forward with it, and the focus on those who are suffering on our streets and trying to find them ways to come indoors uh, with new and innovative solutions that is still continues to be looked at by the rest of the province and country as innovative and leading. And so, you know, I, I, I look again back to CMHA's comments today. They said, we're in the business of helping people, not making other people homeless. And that's why they had to withdraw their proposal. What they are doing here is absolutely the right thing to do uh, if you care about the population we're trying to serve. And new information has come to their attention. They're making a very quick and very decisive decision that is the right decision. And uh, and we'll go through the next steps together. And it doesn't sound like the door is closed on CMHA. 
Well, no, we 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 have a, a couple of hubs open. We've always targeted uh, more than those to start with. And so there will be some subsequent process that I, I can't determine what that is yet. But there'll be nothing precluding CMHA and others, even, including the one that was not successful in the initial RFP process, to have the opportunity to participate in the future. Uh, again, I can't get ahead of myself and say exactly what that process will look like because, uh, you know, the previous process was council determined and directed. Uh, and I'm not going to speculate on exactly what that looks like uh, uh, myself. Mayor Morgan, thank you so much for the time. You did mention it earlier, but we are still expecting the beds, the spaces that were on schedule for December. Those those are still on track to open up in the same way? Absolutely. Uh, at LOSA and YOU are, are fully committed to the implementation of the proposals they put forward, and that means there will be beds open um, this winter uh, in those those two hub locations. And right now the target's still December 1st? That's right. Okay. All right. Well, Mayor Morgan, thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. London Mayor Josh Morgan on the homeless hubs that have gone through a bit of a change now. We're not going to see 73 beds, at least at this point. But as Mayor Morgan said, the first way that this worked was you had RFPs, so requests for proposal that were sent out. They received four proposals, three were approved, and now we've got the Canadian Mental Health Association saying they're not going to be able to go ahead with this. So the question you're probably wondering is, well, why? Why are they not able to go ahead with this? We're spending some time digging beneath the headline that is going to certainly grab everybody when it comes to homeless hubs. And that is, well, here's the one from Global News. Great disappointment. Controversial homeless hub proposal withdrawn in London, Ontario. So you read that and you think, uh uh-oh, where's this going? Now, we've talked with London Mayor Josh Morgan, and he has indicated that there there are opportunities, certainly, to go in different directions. None of those are underway right now, but this is something that they are dealing with after a long, long process that talked with more than 200 people, talked with 70 organizations all across the region to try and establish, okay, how do we help some of our most vulnerable individuals? This particular hub was the one that was going to be run by the Canadian Mental Health Association. And we just heard from them that the Lighthouse Inn became a concern because there are long-term residents there, and it would mean displacing them to make spaces available for other people. And that right there is, okay, well, then where did the people who were living there go? That was one of the main things that we just heard from Pam Hill, Regional Director of London North Middlesex here on CMHA, Thames Valley Addiction and Mental Health Services. So let's talk about this with Ward 7 Councillor Corinne Rahman, who joins us now. Councillor Rahman, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, uh, we can look at a, a number of things with regard to this particular hub, but you were instantly being inundated with responses from constituents in Ward 7. What were they saying to you? What was the the gist of what you were hearing when this was even first announced? Um, When it was first announced, the the initial responses were very much uh, that this was new information to them and they, they wanted an opportunity to better understand the information that was being put forward and think about those impacts. And so 
that was the initial response. Um, for me, one of the first things that I did when this proposal was first announced was I went and I visited some of the businesses uh, in the area. And it was through those conversations that I became more aware that I needed to actually spend some time uh, knocking on doors and reaching out to folks that lived at the motel and starting to hear their stories. And when you started to do that, and when you started to hear their stories, what were they telling you? Uh, I was hearing, um, I was hearing about the homelessness in our city that is perhaps more hidden. And so I think that this is an important conversation for our community to engage in. Um, homelessness is showing up in so many different ways in our community. And it was through these discussions that it became clear that there were long-term uh, resident tenants of the hotel, uh, that there were folks that were um, in a position where they had nowhere else to go. And um, part of what I then worked on going forward was finding a way to share those stories with members of council as we were getting ready to make that decision. We're talking with Ward 7 Councillor Corinne Rahman. So that's exactly what we were hearing from Pam Hill from CMHA, Thames Valley. And that was that it would mean displacing individuals who, as you just said, Councillor Rahman, had nowhere to go. Does this make us need to go back and examine why it is that the Lighthouse Inn was chosen in the first place? Did, did something kind of not match up the way maybe it should have in that proposal? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, the RFP proposal process is really uh, for the organizations themselves as they go through them to to review uh, the the criteria. We set the criteria, but they go out with the proposal. Um, I think what's really important here is that we are learning through this process um, and we have to be prepared to listen and to learn and when new information comes forward use that appropriately to make our decisions um, i think in this case again we're, we're looking at standing up hubs for the first time here in the city of london we're looking at a proposal that is brand new to our community we have to for that reason make decisions from a place where, where we're able to adjust and we're able to consider all of the, the impacts. And I think it, it, to me, speaks to the need for more discussion as we're going through these processes. And so um, I'm, I'm taking that as a key learning. My conversations with CMHA really began after the council decision. Um, and I have to, you know, give them the utmost credit and respect because they engaged in open dialogue with me about what it was that I was hearing and seeing. And then from there, they did their own uh, work. And, and this is the work they do. They, they are, you know, a group that, that meets with vulnerable people and, and finds out what are the paths, ways to assist them. And so I think that it was, you know, based on the work and the conversations that they had, that they arrived at their decision. But I really give them credit uh, for looking at 
all sides of, of this conversation and really considering the human rights of the tenants that live there and uh, the need to not impact them. Well, here's hoping we can find a way to continue the hub's process. And right now we are left with the fact that we're not going to have as many spaces, but like you say, if, if it wasn't going to mean those spaces were genuine almost because if you're displacing a number of people in order to give other people a place to stay, you're, you're no further ahead, are you? Yeah, and I want to be clear here that the folks that, that are living at the Lighthouse Inn, this is their home. This isn't just pick up your stuff and move somewhere else. They are part of our community, and we owe them that same level of respect and dignity to allow them to live where they are. And and I think it's really important right now that we also recognize that as a community, we have to do our best to support people that are living precariously and, and consider all people that are impacted through this process. And I think that that's what I see here with the uh, response from CMHA and the uh, others around the hub's table is the desire to make sure that we're making these decisions in support uh, of uh, the entire community. Councillor Raman, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Take care. That is Ward 7 Councillor Corinne Raman. So, I mean, could this have been a process that didn't lead us to where we are now? It, it sounds like it could have been. Um, there is something along the line that, that made the Lighthouse in. here's the place, and now the realization comes through that, no, this isn't going to work in the way that maybe it was originally intended. So there's there's a drop of a ball somewhere there, but at the same time, the goal is still what it was, and that is to help individuals who are sleeping rough have a place to go and have, again, operators for the Sometimes it sounds like owning a home is easy when you hear, oh, a lot's being offered for $10 or a home is for sale in parts of Europe for $1,000 or even 1,000 euros. But it isn't. It isn't that easy. And we've got a lot of individuals in this community who are right now dealing with the impact that cold weather is bringing and dealing with the impact of crowded shelters. We know that the Homeless Hubs program is set to launch, and it still is. However, there was a change today when it was announced by the Canadian Mental Health Association that they were withdrawing their proposal and there would not be a location at the Lighthouse Inn in the northwest end of the city. Joining us right now is Sean Warren. And Sean is a complex urban health specialist with the London Intercommunity Health Centre. And he's also the co-chair of the Hub's implementation table. Sean, thanks so much for taking some time for us today. How are things? Hey, things are do things are doing okay. How are you doing today? Not too bad, not too bad. Interested in in getting your thoughts on what has transpired today after the announcement from the Canadian Mental Health Association. We have heard from London Mayor Josh Morgan, we've heard from Ward 7 Councillor Corinne Rahman, and one of the things that they have stressed is this is something that does not have one road to its destination, that there are a lot of things that can happen along the way, a lot of ways that this is going to be done. When you look at this, do you see it in a similar way? 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we're working with an iterative, very collaborative process here. Uh, so as much as we're doing everything that we can to turn over as many rocks as we can find, we know that not all of those are going to be the right thing at the right time. Uh, but through that comes a lot of opportunity as well. Uh, as much as we learn from uh, going down the right path with some of the solutions we're exploring, exploring, we learn just as much by by going down some paths that might not be able to to be seen through to fruition. So I uh, absolutely agree. We're going to continue to doing as much as we can to bring folks inside. And if you're just joining us, one of the main reasons that the Canadian Mental Health Association has decided to withdraw the proposal is, or I guess stems from, learning that there are full-time residents who call the lighthouse in their home and it would mean potentially displacing them and many have absolutely nowhere to go. So if you're displacing some residents in order to bring other individuals in, are you truly further ahead? Sean, in, in following what has happened here, what do you think can be learned from this particular situation? I think it just shows us some of the, the due diligence that we'll have to to consider for moving things forward. It's not something that we, we thought to ask necessarily uh, before things uh, were moving ahead. And this entire process has been very quickly. It's a response to the, the depri- deprivation and depri- desperation on our, on our streets that's ultimately resulting in the loss of life. So uh, as we're moving things forward, when new information comes about, we need to be adaptive. Um, we, we always knew we would find things that we would have to adapt around. And I think this is just showing us right now that we're capable of that. The community is able to stick together through these things, learn, wrap around the organizations that are being brave and putting forward the first requests to run the hubs within the city and do that learning and really lead the iterative processes. So I think what we're learning is that the community has really come together around this entire initiative uh, and we're stronger for it. It's interesting to hear you talk about the fact that there is a rush on this. And when somebody says, hey, we could make use of this particular location, you think, okay, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's do that. How much of that does come up in this? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we need to be responsive to opportunities, and we know that some of them can be time sensitive. Uh, I think what we've been doing here this entire time is trying to adapt uh, ourselves to something that is time sensitive. Again, the conditions on our streets that's causing quite a number of our community members to die and also a lot of folks to suffer some really severe long-term health implications. So through this entire process, yes, we're moving quickly. It's to adapt to try to make sure that we're not losing more of our family members, our friends uh, and community members on our streets every day. So through that, we're going to adapt to all the opportunities that come up. Uh, and through that, we're going to learn a lot, again, about the process and the questions we need to be asking through that. So uh, feeling really confident in uh, the community to continue to come together with that generosity of spirit. We're talking right now with Sean Warren, who is the co-chair of the Hubs Implementation Table. Sean, the hope was that by mid-2024, there would be 73 spaces available in hubs. Do we know what that number might be now without the proposal from the Canadian Mental Health Association, how much it drops? So it it would just drop prospectively by that of the CMHA beds that were there. Why are you and Atlosa uh, are still full steam ahead on trying to sort out the implementation of the other two hubs that have been approved? So absolutely, we do lose some of those spaces, but Again, it's not for lack of trying, and it's for a very well-founded reason. We can't displace folks, like you were saying, uh, in the name of helping others. This is a whole-of-community response, and CMHA is really living that ethos through and through. 
Is there a goal to try and replace this particular hub quickly, or is that something that maybe isn't as easy as saying, hey, let's just find somebody else to operate it? Well, I think what's going to be important is getting all of the community partners again together around the table to discuss what the path forward looks like. Uh, CMHA put together a really great proposal to support vulnerable and marginalized women in our community. Uh, And if that's a priority that they wish to pursue, it'll be bringing all the partners together to understand how we can do that in the future. Sean, maybe we need to understand why we need partners in a situation like this. Does it come down to the fact that it's impossible to fund something like this on a continuous basis without that partnership? Uh, funding is part of it, but the the space that I think about most, you know, being a, a frontline worker day in, day out is there's no way that I can fulfill all the needs that somebody might come to me with on my own. Like I, I'm an expert in some things, but there's a ton of great organizations that are experts in, in spaces that are gaps for myself out there. Uh, everybody's tasked with being an expert in as many things as possible. We're trying to fulfill the social determinants of health for really marginalized folks on our street. So through that, I rely on the community partners every day to complement the work that I do in the primary care setting when it comes to things like income security, housing security, uh, experts in harm reduction around the city, folks that are doing outreach in the encampments along the river. We have to wrap around individuals, and that's what's reflected in the, the hubs plan. That's why there's so many functions within that plan. Is Those are things that we have learned through engagement with folks that are going to be accessing the hubs. Those are the things that we've learned are needed within those spaces. And as it exists, no single organization is in a position to offer all of those things in a robust way. And I think also we need to acknowledge that the the diversity in organizations, how they're run, the way that they train and support their staff, uh, and the opportunities that that brings to build knowledge and different ways of approaching the work is a valuable asset. Uh, So we're trying to bring all of that learned expertise together under one roof in the hubs. And through for doing that, we need partnership. Uh, So we rely on that every day through through doing the work. And we want to continue to make sure that that's part of the system as we move forward. Sean Warren joining us, co-chair of the hubs implementation table. Sean, one last thing, and that is we're not dealing with a new problem. We have had individuals who have been sleeping rough for a long time. We have had individuals in encampments for a long time. We have had people who have been homeless for a long time. How does this plan have you feeling when you compare it to other things that have been tried? Uh, Extremely hopeful. This is what happens when everybody comes together and say enough is enough. We've been dealing with an extremely under-resourced system for a very, very long time. uh, And that's what leadership has been vocal about through this entire process. We've tried to do the best that we can with what we're given. And uh, I'd like to hope that folks see that exceeding those expectations, incredible mountains have been moved with not a lot of of resource in the city. And London is a leader in this space. Uh, So I'm extremely hopeful. It's given opportunity for folks like myself on the front lines to make our voices heard. It's also given opportunity for folks that are living this crisis and are impacted every day. And when they go to sleep on the sidewalks and in the encampments in our city, a voice as well to say enough is enough and we need more. It's given us the opportunity to exact some of our learning back onto the system, uh, iterate on that. And like I've said from the beginning, it's an iterative process. We need to do the learning, and this really gives us that opportunity. It's hard. We don't have the baseline to even understand what things can can look like when folks in our community are well-supported, and this is the, the first steps in the effort for us to understand what that can look like. So 
uh, I get extremely hopeful because it's not just a new model. It's a new model with a, a deep commitment to collaboration from all the stakeholders in the community as well. Uh, and like we're learning, I think we're stronger together here. So I'm excited to see where this can lead. And uh, also excited that it's just the beginning as well. It never seems like it can move fast enough. The implications for the folks on our street are grave every single day that passes where there's not more spaces inside and folks aren't getting inside. But it gives me hope that we're able to move that mountain uh, as a community. How big a challenge will resources be? Does resources always mean money or not necessarily? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I think, you know, when we when we talk about doing the work, we need to be supported. Frontline staff need to be uh, effectively supported through uh, great leadership. And, and thankfully, we, we have a gift of some really great leadership in the community that's supporting through this process. So money absolutely is needed to make sure that the resources, the infrastructure in, are in place. Uh, staff are compensated for their, their time and their expertise. People with lived and living experience are comp, uh, compensated for their time and their expertise as well. Uh, so it's a number of things. It's making sure that we have the infrastructure in place. And it's also making sure that we, we use the learning that's been growing through our community for decades and spread that wider as well. Like one of the resources that we're going to need a lot is knowledge. And like I've been saying, that's why we have partnership. There's people that are experts in a number of different things and any opportunity for us to learn off of one another and from one another's experiences and how we provide those services is key. So money is a, is a part of it because it brings with it infrastructure and resources uh, and hopefully retention within the, the, the workforce as well. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a multifaceted problem. Well, it is something that continues to be discussed. And right there, at least that provides a little bit of optimism. Setback today. We'll see where that goes next. Sean, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Sean Warren. Sean is the co-chair of the Hub's implementation table, and everybody remains optimistic. And I think that's because of the foundation that was built in this, because you are starting out with more than 200 people involved, because you are starting out with more than 70 organizations. Ultimately, though, funding is a major component, and finding funding for anything and everything is a challenge right now. And this included. And we do have to find other forms of funding. And that's something to certainly listen for. Where are those going to come from?